If you spent the last 12 months and the previous part of your life ensconced in a very small social scene that's of a homogenous nature in the city that you were born or went to college in, then my sincere warning to you is that that may be the thing that puts a cap on where you can go in your life. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to the end of the world. James Marshall reporting here pretty much by myself in Budapest, Hungary. And the first thing before we get into today's uh, rant is to remind you that the Lifestyle Design Academy is open for enrollments right now. That's right, from now until Sunday, you still have the opportunity to join me on this 12-month adventure of redesigning your lifestyle, of understanding how to network, how to infiltrate, how to move within your city or within the globe to maximize your results in all areas, including seduction, finance, career, social circle, sexuality, you name it. So right now, you've got four more days to join. You can click the link below to go to the page which explains everything in detail. And be really clear that after Sunday, I'm shutting the doors. The reason being is that straight away, the following weekend, I'll be starting with the first of the eight weekly lectures, uh, getting straight into the live course itself. So there'll be no latecomers allowed. So now is your last chance for the next four days to join me for the LDA experiment. All right, so now let's move on to today's topic, which is essentially how things have changed and my, how have they changed? It was only about a year ago that I couldn't walk down this street talking to a camera without having at least one, if not three, stag parties come in behind and go, Oi, lads, lads! And now I kind of miss Daryl and Lionel and Dave. Where are those lads now? So yeah, this, uh, this was once a vivacious, amazing, metropolitan, erotic city. And presently, it sucks. Seriously, like Budapest is, is dead. You can't go out after 8 p.m. Uh, you can't even catch a cab sneakily over to your girl's house because if they catch you, which they try to, then they find you through the yin-yang. The bars, restaurants, cafes, you name it, it's all closed. So basically, this city is in, is in a boring kind of stasis like many places on the planet. Which brings me to today's topic. Last week, I put out a short snippet. It was just a, a little clip that I released from one of the lectures that I do on the LDA. And during the LDA, I cover a huge amount of topics and that's basically only limited by the questions that I'm asked. So guys do often ask me questions about the digital nomad lifestyle, about living remotely, about leveraging currencies, you know, trying to earn Western currencies in non-Western countries, the disparity in beauty wealth, right? Because there definitely are places around the world where the girls are hotter or the guys are hotter. Uh, I come from a country, Australia, haven't been there for a while, but in Australia, on average, the men, I would say, are quite handsome. They're tall, they're broad, they're, you know, nice dudes, they can surf. And on average, the girls are not that hot, whereas a place over, like here, the, the, it's reversed. So guys are talking to me about this kind of stuff all the time because I feel that it is really, really important. If you want to understand how to maximize your lifestyle returns, then you need to look at the base ingredients of your lifestyle. And those things absolutely include the, the things that weren't set up by you, but you were put into, as in the place that you were born, the demographic that you come from, your parents' income, uh, the time and place in history and what is going on in the world. These are things that can't be denied and shouldn't be ignored and almost always are when it comes to anyone who's giving you advice on how to be better in your life. Right? You think about it in terms of, except for the nomad capitalists, 
anyone who's getting on a video and saying, here's how to get better in your life is you need to you know, become time more effective. You need to have better mindsets. Uh, you need to hustle harder or smarter or, or better in some kind of way. Um, you know, you need to have clear goals. Uh, you need to get the right resources and so on. Like none of these things are incorrect, but none of those things happen within a vacuum. They happen with, within a lived reality that is not just yours, not just in your mind and on your vision board, but is out there in the, in the real world. So today I want to have a bit of a talk to you about that. And it may seem kind of like an ironic time to be talking about, well, maybe you should think about moving to another city because you might be thinking, well, I, I'm not even allowed to leave my apartment. That may be so or it may not be so, because right now I choose to be in this country and very soon I will choose to leave it. <laughs> because for now, the only reason I, I, that it's good for me to come here is to renew my visa, see my friends, can't even go to the bathhouse, they've closed that, and no other reason. So right now, this environment is not the place where I can have the lifestyle that I'm used to or the one that I've built. It's just the, the, the situation is working against me. And I could stay here for the next X number of months, and really try to optimize and really try to work within the framework. And, and I, I could be able to, like, I mean, everyone else is going to have to figure it out. But for me, because I'm lazier and maybe a bit smarter or let's say more experienced with this kind of thing, I will leave and I'll go to a place where things are cooking, which right now is, is Kiev, Ukraine for me, uh, as well as Portugal for other reasons. So I have been doing that, like I've been on the road for 13 years. Literally, like the, the first time that I started traveling was when I was 18. I took little mini uh, experiments into living in different countries and different cities. And then I continued to do that over the last decade plus uh, amount of time is that I was always on the run from something, always running from my dark past. No, not really. I was always running towards something, moving to locations or environments that were going to work better for me because I wanted to be able to get the best returns that I could on my life and so therefore when it made sense to leave or it didn't make sense to stay right by looking at it looking at the limitations the systemic limitations within any environment these are things that sometimes can't be worked against and often don't have to be worked against in the sense that it would be better to move to a more fertile plane there's an interesting YouTube channel I've been checking out lately called second thought and uh, you can check it out, the link's in the description. And it's a political channel and it's looking from things from a left of center position for sure. So people who are like libertarians and right-wingers might be like, James, I knew you were a communist. And like, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm not a communist. But what, uh, what I think is interesting about this channel is that there was, there was a recent video about the cult of hyper-individualism, right? Which is essentially the Australian, American, to some extent, European dream and philosophy and let's say life ethos which says that anyone if they work hard enough if uh, they work smart enough if they follow their passion if they put their mind to something that over enough length of time they will be able to achieve their goals so that anyone can pull themselves out of poverty anyone can uh, become a material success anyone can you know become a social and seductively successful man if they work hard essentially. Now, of course, in order to get somewhere that you're not, you're going to have to put in effort. You're not going to just win the lottery. You're not just going to get lucky and everything's not going to just land on your plate. Uh, you're also not going to be able to just use mindset shifts to, you know, vision with the secret and try and project your ultimate um, eventual life and expect that that's going to yield it to you either. Of course, 
in, in order for me to like now live an internationalist, exciting life with lots of different friends and lovers, none of that came to me because I hoped for it. It came because I moved and because I put in, in action and I worked for sure. However, there's a couple of things that are wrong with, I think, the, the individualist up by bootstraps myth. The first one is that it's an individual pursuit at all. And the interesting thing that I pulled from this video, and I'll, I'll put a link in the description, we'll probably overlay it, is that there was a research foundation that, sh that looked at a map of America. I don't know if they did the rest of the world as well, but they looked at America and they're like, what are the, the metrics that on mass, like if we look at, a, at the, the national population, leads to wealth increases? What, what are the things that are most likely to lead you to, to uh, improve your situation from, let's say, your, your parents' class, to be able to move up a class, for example? And guess what those things were? They weren't how much you hustled and grinded and whether you had the right mindset. The things that made the big difference were where you were born, as in, in America, what state, and that's based around what economies, what resources, what industries were going on and the amount of people competing for those, how much your parents earned, your race, and your gender. Right? And I know a lot of people will be like, oh, that's bullshit, you can just, you know, you shouldn't let any of that hold you back, that's uh, a victim's mindset and so on. I don't agree. <laughs> like, I think that there is obvious en masse, when you, when you step out and you look at the, the mass of a population, you can see that there are poor areas, that being brought up in a poorer family or having, having limited resources, whether that's access to education or safety or food or good, you know, good nutrition, good, good uh, healthy, loving uh, surroundings, like all those things make a massive difference in how much acceleration you get, how much support you have and so on. On the other hand, that can seem a little bit depressing because it's like, well, I can't change where I was born or how much my parents earn or my gender or my race, right? Okay, we can't necessarily change, we can't change those things not without expensive surgery. But what, the reason why this is pertinent is not just to be like, oh, okay, well, there's a reason for me to be a victim. It's to look at, okay, what, what one of those metrics can I shift? And out of those, the only one that you can really shift, unless you like get rich and give your parents lots of money, but then that you don't need to, then you've kind of, doesn't, that doesn't help. The only one you can change really is your location. And that's something that I'm, I'm really big on in terms of like, you can change a lot of things in your life, but these foundational pieces that over the mass of a, human, uh, of, a, of a population means that you will succeed or fail. Now, of course, there are outliers. Of course, there are people who build themselves out. Like, in a way, I, I'm an outlier, right? I came from a low-income family, you know, very low-income, single-parent household, com coming from a, a town that was boring and didn't have a lot of opportunities in areas that I was interested in anyway. But the reality is, like, if I had stayed in that environment, I mean, it sends a shiver down my spine, not just because it's starting to rain and it's miserable, but it sends a shiver down my spine when I think, wow, what if I'd done what most people do, which is stay in the same place that they were born? The vast majority of people, may, okay, maybe they, you know, move to a bigger city for university or, uh, you know, within their nation, they might, might shift to a larger population center, but most people don't. Most Americans don't even have a passport. They'll never even leave their country. And this can be totally fine or it can be totally disastrous if you're someone that wants to live a life less ordinary. Because, like, I'm, I'm, I always feel a bit torn whenever I'm giving lifestyle advice or financial advice because I don't want to be one of those guys that just says it's just about the, you know, the hustle and do this, these ABC steps and you'll be a millionaire because I don't believe it. I don't think it's true. Although... There are people who do do that, right? Like, 
in some ways I could tell you don't do all the, all the random weird things that I did to get successful, which would be a bit hypocritical because I actually got successful that way. But I do recognize myself as an outlier and what my attempt is whenever I'm teaching is to try and teach to a broader scope audience. I know I'm not t talking to the average person because the average, average guy would never be willing to go and approach women cold. He would never think to possibly like step out of his current social world and, and break into different social scenes, even in his own city. He wouldn't think to try out different lifestyle hobbies or breaking into new groups or getting involved with people that, that are very different to him because he wouldn't see uh, the commonality and so on, right? So I know that on this channel, I'm not talking to the average person. I'm talking to a guy that, at least in his mind, even if you haven't put that into application yet, wants to live an extraordinary life. And that is possible in this time and place. And, you know, one, one initial point to make is that even, even now, it's possible. Right? In the last three weeks, I've been lived in, been in three countries, from Portugal to Ukraine to Hungary. And I will continue to travel and move around the world and do business and, and go where the opportunities are, even in the midst of this crisis. And there are, there are ways that I have to work around it. I have better networks than you, so I have lawyers and friends of lawyers, friends who have lawyers in different countries who know the legalities of how to slip into a country legally, uh, but you know, in, in a way that most people don't know about. I understand, like I have put in the work over the years to set up different social groups in different parts of the world, which are now paying dividends. And I've talked about this before in terms of your social retirement. If you spent the last 12 months and let's be honest, the previous part of your life ensconced in a very small social scene that's five dudes of a homogenous nature in the city that you were born or went to college in, uh, and you're not making efforts to think outside that box, then my sincere warning to you is that, they, that that may be the thing that puts a cap on where you can go in your life, right? It, it, like humans have this endless capacity for hope, which I think is a good thing because it gets them through lots of rough times. They have this uh, ability to have faith in something that's not real yet, which again can be a really good thing to get them through for uh, difficult times. But at the same time, it can be a complete delusion. Whenever I hear someone who has no real plan on how to build their life saying things like, oh, things will work out or the universe will, you know, the universe will figure it out or when it's the right time, either this opportunity or this person or this lover, or whatever will turn up. I know that person is kind of destined to failure unless they're very lucky. Yeah, because I know the, reality, the realities of this planet are changing so fast and humans again have not a great capacity for understanding and, and really accepting that change is happening all the time, right? We're living through this major historical moment. Uh, I'm looking out the window at night to totally empty streets except for a couple of policemen hassling anyone who's on the streets. And I'm like, wow, I'm living in a dystopian future that no one two years ago could have possibly predicted, except for the QAnon dudes who predicted it and then predicted a whole bunch of stuff that went wrong. And now they keep on changing their predictions, so they'll keep on predicting stuff. But you know, this is what not, not, not what we would have expected. And if you'd asked me two years ago, you know, I'm a young guy or I'm a single guy and I, I'm thinking of moving to where the action is, where would you suggest? And I will get onto some suggestions in a moment. I would, back then I would have said here, Budapest, great place, cheap, hot girls, you know, crazy, fun, social and nightlife, lots of great stuff going on. And now don't come here, totally pointless. Now those things have shifted. And if you 
you know, if you make the mistake of really putting roots down in the wrong position, that can be the thing that not only, I don't want to use the word ruin, but let's say stifles your life or let's, uh, yeah, like really paralyzes how, how far you can go in life. It's going to do that for your children as well, right? It's like, where is it that you want to then set up so that at some point in your life, if you set up a family or have a, you know, a serious relationship or really put some roots down, is this environment going to support you or is it one that is dying or shifting so rapidly that you can't predict? So I know for myself in the last 13 years of travel, uprooting myself at roughly the right time and maneuvering to a new position is the thing, is the ultimate reason why I, beca- I broke out of a poor class and became a wealthy person. It's the ultimate reason why I get to spend my time with the types of women that are, that are that when I look, if I thought, of, if I knew 10 years ago I was going to be with this kind of woman, I would not have believed you, right? Because the, the, getting access to women that beautiful or that high value was extraordinarily difficult, even though I was hustling and grinding the streets of Melbourne and Sydney and Canberra back in the day and getting some results. There was just better stuff going on in this part of the world, right? So I would not have been wealthy. I would not have gotten access to global networks of people who gave me advice on things such as real estate and crypto, you know, how to work within the legal systems to think more like a corporation than an individual that's attached to a country, right? So now I'm a complete expatriate and I have no patriotic connection to any country. And some people may think that that's ethically or morally defunct. There's a problem with that. Uh, But I disagree because I think you really only have two choices Broadly speaking, you can be a nationalist, and I don't necessarily mean that in the flag-waving sense, but I mean in the, I, have, I am committed to my nation, to the nation-state that I was brought up in. And like, look, of course, people can have a great life, great life a fulfilling life situated within the culture that they were born in, and they have to because most people will, right? Most people don't have either the opportunity, the drive, or the cash, or whatever, to change their life, or they just don't think they can, or they don't want to, right? And so... Yeah, on one, side, one, on one hand, in order to construct an amazing lifestyle, your choice is make the very best of the scenario that you're within, which means that, you, yes, your family bonds, your uh, friendship bonds, where, how you position yourself within the scene of the local city, whether that's the social scene or the economic hierarchy or whatever, okay, you can do that, and then you can, maybe you can win the game within this one location, right, on that one level. But I like to think much bigger. I don't want to... I didn't want to put all of my eggs in one basket and risk everything on one location, on one style of living, on one social circle. And I look back at my friends who did that. Okay, they live their lives. We're all in our 40s now, so we've had enough time to look back and go, wow, half my life's gone. My youth, you know, my young man days are at least coming to an end if I'm holding on to them. I mean, I'm going gray, so obviously they're coming to an end. But, you know, that part of life is, is passing and now there's another part. And I look back over on all the friends that stayed in the small town or the small city that I was from, got married early, had kids early, bought property in in a market where, I don't know if you know the Australian market, look it up, like average house price in Sydney or Melbourne. It's over a million dollars. So it's like all those people, they made their commitment to that country, to that social scene, to the people around them, for better or worse. And as a result, okay, they live their lives and now some of them have families and some of them are happy and some of them are miserable because they married the wrong person and had kids too early and got divorced and that destroyed their income for another 10 years and you know, they're only starting to get themselves back on their feet now. Whereas 
for myself and everyone else that I know, right, everyone that I'm close to, we are all nomadic entrepreneurs of one type or another. Whether, whether we're the boss or whether we work for somebody else, whether we freelance, whether we found a way to move to a new country and, and plug into the resources there, or to get resources from other countries and plug them into a cheaper country, this has been the benchmark, like the real tangible factor that has made all the difference. And that's the main point I want to make to you guys today is that you can't fight the system on a global level, right? Okay, yes, there will be people who succeed in every scene, but the realities of the numbers are going to pull most people down to the average of what is going on around them. And those who want to become outliers may want to think about, well, and, and when I say outlier, I mean, a, you know, someone who's self-employed, someone who, who works under their own, uh, more or less under their own conditions that they want, even if they're working for somebody else, someone uh, who is able to work on lifestyle leverage projects, and, and most guys that I work with want to have an unorthodox love life, right? So they want to date freely, they want to experiment with multiple relationships, and, and, uh, and they also want to have other relationships, but only when they choose to step into them, into an, a monogamous relationship, for example. So it is vitally important that you are realistic about your unrealistic goals. I've had unrealistic goals my entire life. You know, I wanted to study in Shaolin Temple. I wanted to go to the Amazon and learn from masters. I wanted to date the, crazy, the most beautifully amazing sirens of the East. Uh, you know, I wanted to be a famous funk musician. I, I wanted all sorts of outlandish, outlandish, unrealistic things. And I achieved almost every single one of them by looking at that in a realistic way. Yeah, like... When I wanted to be a musician, I lived in, I was born in Canberra, Australia, the most boring, sterile city in the Southern Hemisphere. And I wanted to be a musician, and there was two venues in town, and like one studio. There, there, there was no scene there, there was no industry for music. And I was, yet I was passionate about being a musician, and so were my friends. And we took it as far as we could go within that scene. And there is any life coach that I may have hired at that time that told me to hustle harder and believe in my dreams and have more passion or whatever would have been useless to me. The only life coach I would have needed at that time would, would have been the one that said, all right, dude, so time to get out of this shitty city as quick as possible, which is what I life coached myself to do, and moved with nothing, literally just, just the network I had, which was my band, uh, moved to another city where there was a music scene, and that meant that eventually we could become actual musicians, right? In the same way that if I, I did start this business in Australia, but because of the limited population size, the, the smaller economy, and also some attitudes about Australians, that are like, hey, I don't know about taking advice from people, which is a bit of an Australian thing and a British thing. Americans like taking advice. Uh, Europeans are willing to as well. So th these systemic issues meant that the business could only get to us a level where we were just living paycheck or to paycheck or workshop to workshop. It would not have been sustainable in the long term. And if I'd stayed in Australia by now, I probably wouldn't be doing this. I would have to be doing something else. It was the ballsy move to rip up myself and my collaborators, move them over to Eastern Europe, where originally in this city, I could live for half the price that I could live in Australia and I could get a better standard of living, right? So I could get a cooler apartment. I could eat out more. Uh, I could afford to take taxis all the time. All the sorts of things that as a basically broke or, you know, dude starting out in life back in Australia, I simply, simply couldn't do. You know, you, we would have to think about how often do I buy a coffee or, you know, I eat out once a week or, you know, I'm always struggling to pay the rent and so on. Whereas over here, the standard of living rose uh, massively 
and the costs dropped. At the same time, I found myself on a continent which was which was very easy to maneuver around because I had the mindset that it was it was easy to move around. I wasn't thinking I'm moving to Hungary. I was thinking I'm moving to the continent of Europe and I'm going to milk that for all it's worth. And so I did over the last 10 years plus bounced around to dozens of different countries and, and milked the best of lifestyle, weather. Like I, until now, I haven't had a winter in 10 years, right? So it's like my lived experience during that time, it was not just that I was like, all right, I'm going to hustle for the next 10 years and then I'll be a millionaire and then I'll, then I'll sit on a Versace boat or something. I don't know, Versace probably doesn't make boats, but you know what I mean. No, it was like all along the way, how can I increase the metrics of my lifestyle, success and pleasure and nourishment, right? So that meant being in this city meant that I got to hang out with and sleep with and date more beautiful, interesting women more easily than if I'd been back in Australia competing against all the Aussie chads, which is called a Bruce, I believe. You know, the networks and opportunities that I found happened years faster and, and in many situations would not have happened at all if I hadn't have up sticks and moved to new locations. So I know right now this may seem kind of irrelevant. It's kind of like just teasing you. People are like, fuck you, James, I'm not allowed to leave my house. Yeah, okay. but. I would say we're at the kind of the midway point of the pandemic. I remember giving talks something like this about a year ago on similar topics when things had just first started. But the reality is, I mean, believe it or not, it, there is a virus. I mean, there'll be some people who are just switching off right now. There's a virus. There will be a, there is a cure. It will fucking happen at some point in the next 12 months that, and yes, you may need to have a vaccine passport. Sorry, QAnon dudes. You guys just get to stay home. For the rest of us, we can take the jab and keep, start moving. But that there, it will be possible again to maneuver. And But it's like after a, a type of war, right? There will just be cities that have been flattened by this. This, I think, is one of them. I don't know how long it's going to take for Budapest to recover because it sure does suck right now. Some places will bounce back straight away. Others will be economically depressed for years because their service industries or their local industries have been destroyed. Uh, people, you know, there'll be brain drain, people will be moving to try and figure out new opportunities. And maybe you should be one of those opportunity refugees. You know, now is a time when, okay, maybe you can't think about moving and maybe your economic situation has been massively disrupted like many of us it was. But I've seen absolutely for myself and, and other people that are lifestyle engineers, that most of us have thrived even if we took a pay cut for some time. Most of us have thrived because we went, oh, fuck, it sucks here. Let's go over to Ukraine where everything's open and fun. Or let's go to the you know, south of Europe and ensconce ourselves on a farm for some time and wait this out. Uh, you know, let's take, take these invitations to people's country houses or to, uh, to go and work on collaborations that aren't social right now because we can't do that and so on. And in this way, being able to be adaptable and nimble, it means that you can succeed even when the environment around you is starting to crumble primarily by, by being able to and willing to go, all right, this place sucks. My loyalty to Australia has now totally gone. See you later, Kant. I don't care. <laughs> and, and some people are like, well, you know, you've, I mean, it's like, it's not about being a national trader or whatever. It's like, I have no loyalty to any place. I have loyalty to myself, my friends, my, the, the type of life that I want to live. And I'm not willing to sacrifice that for anybody or anything or any flag or any nation or whatever. I've got, you know, I know quite a number of Americans, for example, who've, who are giving up their American citizenship because it's way better from a taxation perspective for them to 
become a citizen of another country because the tax rates are much lower and they won't chase you to the ends of the earth like the Americans will. Right? That's a, that's a big decision, right? To actually give up your nationality. But for, the, for those guys I've talked to, it makes absolute sense. Right? It means that like, they, they can still go and visit America with the right type of passport. They can you know, still be involved in the country. But they've decided that why would I pay you know, tax to this country for the rest of my life exorbitant rates when I could move something somewhere else legally and do what any other rich person does or any other corporation does, which is leverage the planet as a whole. So I would suggest that now is a good time to start thinking about what is the next one through to five years of your life going to look like from a location perspective first. Seriously, and really have a, like, do some actual research about how much to, is the average income in this city slash country that you're in? How much is the cost of living? Right? And you can compare, like, what do you, what do you spend money on? You know, eating out, coffees, drinks on Friday, rent, fucking travel, whatever, and then compare that. It's easy. That information's easy to get. Compare that to 10 other lifestyle cities that you could possibly live in and go, fuck, I could live for 40% less and get way more, and it's sunny for three months more a year, and the girls are way hotter, uh, and there's more of an X scene, whatever that is, BDSM, crochet, hip-hop, fucking acrobat scene that I'm into, then you should be looking at what's the best way to get there. I know friends on the other side who come from, let's say, third world or developing countries where the economic situation itself is fucked, right, where it's completely corrupt or it doesn't matter how hard or how much you work because the system is so badly stacked against you. And there are lots of places like that too, right? Like, and so for those people, their missions have been even if it takes them two or three or five years to get out of that country and get some permanent residency in a, in a place which is safe, stable, where there are opportunities and where there's hot girls and so on as well. Right, so for it's like someone who's born in, I mean, I have a friend who was born in Syria uh, and went through horrific experiences, had to like live through watching people that he loves die, you know, nearly getting killed himself, being brought up in a war zone. So for him, he moved heaven and earth to eventually get a scholarship to come and study over here. And now he's moving heaven and earth to make sure he can stay in Europe uh, because going back to, to Syria is not a good prospect. Doesn't matter how much he hustles and what his mindsets are when there are fucking drone strikes uh, hitting your village, right? That doesn't, doesn't help either. So for, for him, it was worth doing whatever he could to make sure that he could maneuver to an, a location where there are opportunities. I mean, not the first person to think of that, right? Like human history is is a grand scope story of people moving from one place to the other based on what resources are available or who's trying to kill them, right? I want this to be a bit of a wake-up call because it makes me, like, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter to me, right? Because I did it, I did it, I've made it, and I, and I did it in a way that I feel is right for me. But there is so much information out there which I feel is, um, is leading people astray and wasting their time and life and promising them things that aren't going to happen unless you realize the real realities that you are currently living within. So take this time, if you are locked somewhere or if you're in a transition point or if you're at a low point in life, right? And, and sometimes the low point can be awesome, I mean, in retrospect usually, but awesome because it's a time of perspective and it's a time where you don't have much else to lose, right? So. Let's say, you know, you lost your job, you lost your wife, you lost your dog, lost your pickup truck. Uh, I've been in that lost everything, even the pickup truck, which I never had time many times in my life or a number of times. 
And it's been a time where I'm like, fuck it. Okay, I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to go off into a totally new direction. I'm going to move cities, uh, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to figure it out. Because otherwise, you may end up just holding on to unrealistic dreams in oversaturated markets or in locations where you don't have the support structures or the industries around you or the right types of creatives or whoever it is that you need in your life. They're just not simply not there. So this brings us to the question, what are the top five or more countries for single big picture thinking men on the planet who want to get the best out of life? The answer is not that simple. I mean, I could do one of those videos where it's like Colombia, Ukraine, Serbia, fucking Budapest, Lisbon. Like there's lots of great cities around the world which uh, have both the elements of lower cost of living and better lifestyle. And so definitely there are certain places. I mean, I, I'll, I'll rattle them off again if you want. The ones that I've had a fucking fantastic time in and people I know are, know have. Prague, Budapest. Belgrade, Kiev, Lisbon, Barcelona, Berlin, Colombia, Peru, Brazil. You know, there's a bunch, right? But, I mean, you can, it's not hard to find that information. Girls are hot there and the weather's nice or whatever. But what's going to be more useful to you is thinking about, okay, at this point in your life, where does it make sense to create leverage points? Because when I was 18 and I finished high school and I wanted to travel but I had no money, the best thing I could do with myself right then, the best thing that I had to trade on was my labor. Now, because the wages were relatively high in Australia, if I went to a place where uh, labor was in high demand, then what I could do is what I did do is go and earn good money for a short period of time in what is a, absolutely a bad lifestyle place in order to then fund my travels. So, you know, me and John went and f worked on fruit farms, picked oranges for 12 hours a day, made our 100 and 150 bucks a day, which was a lot of money for us at the time, made upwards up to $1,000 a week, did that for four months, and then we were able to afford to travel to uh, Southeast Asia, where we got the lifestyle benefits of, you know, adventure and going to beautiful beaches and chasing Indonesian girls and all sorts of other fun stuff, right? So there'll be a time in your life, like, it makes total sense for me as an entrepreneur who is capable of earning some form of income, not from the country itself, but online, makes absolute sense for a guy like me then to move to a place like Hungary, right? Whereas a Hungarian guy growing up, it may make, make the most sense to try to learn German and try and move to Austria or Germany to uh, you know, have better career prospects. So there'll be situations where you'll have a guy in the West who's figured out a way to earn money online, and it doesn't need to be a lot. Like if you're able to make a thousand bucks 2000 a month remotely, then you can live an awesome life in Goa, India, or in a city like this, for example, you can live really well. Whereas in New York, that would barely cover the rent, right? So for me, as a guy who has higher, uh, who is, has a higher bracket of earning, going to a place like New York makes awesome sense for me because even though it is expensive, the lifestyle return on the hot chicks and the fun and the awesome craziness that is New York or was, uh, is worth it, right? So. You really need to look at what, what's most important to you right now. Is it the, the trappings of the lifestyle? Is it trying to work out a way to at least double, if not triple, if, if not more, your income from the base level wage that exists? Because you can't, it's, I wouldn't say you absolutely can't, but it's almost impossible to live your dream life on starvation wages, on minimum wage, right? Like I do know some people who are extremely frugal and 
are much more interested in you know nature, friends, good food, and uh, living a simple life than they are about the bling. So I do know some people who live very, very cheaply and have a great life, but for the most part, you need to create some financial freedom. So if that means you come from a really poor country, then you probably need to get the fuck out. If you come from a really rich country, then you may, may need to find like, what is it that you can trade on, which may only be your labor, which means, you know, I know when we were growing up, a bunch of us went out, I didn't do this, but a bunch of friends went out to mines and they worked and they got paid a huge amount working for a few months and then they were able to use that to fund their lifestyle or their travels or their short-term retirements and so on. So, although there are, it's like, you know, you see those happiness measurements or like the most livable cities in the planet, right? I think the cities that keep popping up on that as the best cities to live in are Melbourne and Toronto from memory, maybe a German city as well. And I've lived in Melbourne and it is a livable city in the sense that the public transport's good and it has nice open spaces and it's safe and so on. But from a like young guy wanting to conquer the world, it's not the greatest place to live. It's probably a great place to, to if you've got a steady salary in the government to bring up children and probably places like Vancouver or Toronto similarly, but they're not necessarily the, I know, they're not the most vibrant cosmopolitan where everything is happening cities. So you want to look at, okay, what are the metrics that matter to you right now in terms of how much financial freedom do you have? And if you have very little, then how can you work that in leverage? Can you spend a short period going and working really hard somewhere to, to get some cash? Can you uh, get a working holiday visa that allows you to, you know, go from, I don't know, a place like Ukraine to doing seasonal work in Italy, for example, right? These are things that I did early on, maneuvering around initially Australia and then later on through the world, finding places where what I had to trade on was worth something. Uh, and then when I got something out of that, then what I could buy with that in terms of my lifestyle purchases, I got a lot more bang for my buck or a lot more experiences for the, for the resources that I had. So that's where I want to leave it today. You know, these videos usually people, and will probably no doubt in the clickbait say the five cities that are easiest for a man to get laid like you. Whatever we need to do to get you to watch the video. But like everything that I talk about, it's not simplistic and it's not simple. There is not one single answer. But this is something that I have believed and followed and, and observed uh, in many people over the many years I've been doing this, that being able to be nimble, to be able to go lean and uproot yourself, even if it's for a short period, even if it's for some months for an opportunity or to create opportunities or to go in search of opportunities is the number one thing that will make the difference over the long term of your life. Of course, your mindsets, your particular skill sets, and very importantly, the networks that you create will, will uh, alter the effects to a greater or lesser degree. But it's the foundational pieces that are gonna make yeah, they, they, create, they create the bedrock of what you're able to build on top of it. Which brings me, once again, to the Lifestyle Design Academy. So, I ran the LDA for the first time 12 months ago. Uh, when the lockdown first happened, it, it put me in a position where I was locked at my farm and I wasn't able to teach live, and so I was able to funnel, or was forced to, funnel all of my creativity and, and my work into this, this project. And it was something that's been ticking in the background there finally I got a got a heckler I had to walk for hours to get one heckler here this this is uh, something that I've been working on with my private clients over the years like the design of the life not just the pickup skills or not just the you know just the internal mindsets or whatever but looking at how do I construct the right social circle get the right friends be involved in scenes where women want to come to it or they are attracted to it 
how to, you know, all the stuff I'm talking about, how to set up and start a new life in a new place, because that's not easy, right? And anyone who's, you know, read the four hour work week, got inspired, got a backpack and then moved somewhere may realize that it can also, it's not in and of itself the answer. It can also be really lonely. Uh, you can feel really out of place. It can be hard to integrate into a new culture. And so I've talked about that since I've, since releasing the LDA last year, is that it's not just enough to have your four-hour work week hustle and to be able to create income. That's, that's a great thing. Let's say you can make your one, two, three, four plus thousand a month remotely. That's awesome. But if it's just totally remote and you're all by yourself and there's no real reason for you to be in a place except for that there's palm trees there, then that gets old quick too. You have to be able to create community. And that's probably the main reason why most people don't take these risks. Why most people do end up back in their hometown, more or less, you know, close to their family, their parents, their, their school uh, schoolmates and, and so on. The reason most people end up there is because it is the safest bet for them for the average returns, right? Okay, having people that you know, a community, a culture, a language, things that you share in common with people, it gives you a sense of being a tribal animal, which we are. So if you, if you are gonna uproot yourself and move yourself to somewhere else, then you will need to be able to recreate that. And that's a big part of what the LDA does. Firstly, I've created it for you. The last intake, we had nearly 400 guys sign up and I'm expecting the same. So in, instantly you have access to hundreds of guys around the world who are on the same kind of pathway, who want to optimize their life, who want to meet new people and create collaborations. And so they're all there ready for you to, to work with. And of course, most importantly, is that I reveal the blueprint for the way that I have done this, for the way that my friends and collaborators have done this, looking at not just the like, here's five places to go and live. Okay, cool, that may be useful advice or it may not. But they're like, okay, what does it mean to land on the ground in a new place, to go and make your first friends, to pick up girls in a, in a, a new culture, um, to, to have a sense of belonging and, and kinship, even though your real family may be you know, on the other side of the world. These and many, many other life skills are what I'll be working on in the LDA. So as I said at the beginning, you've only got a few days left to join. After that, I'm closing the doors and getting straight onto teaching. This is a live course. It's not just a bunch of videos dumped on your hard drive. It's me every week sitting on a Zoom call with you, going through hours of the, the theoretical material, helping you to, helping you to plan and execute on, on your ideal lifestyle or the proto version of your ideal lifestyle so that you can make new iterations of it as you inevitably will need to over time to get it more awesome and better and sexier over time. So I'll be taking you through all of those pieces. And then there's heaps of time and heaps of opportunity, especially for the guys that are really proactive, that get on all the calls, uh, to ask me questions about anything that you want, to be able to go out and trial the different missions, which I give you many of, of reaching out to different people, of creating collaborations, of, of improving your lifestyle, and then come back to me with your challenges, with your successes, and we can work through those week by week. So as I said, this is an eight-week accelerator program where I hit you with the, the model, the full system, and then over the subsequent 10 months, I'll be there backing you up on monthly webinars, on the daily chats, uh, with the extended networks which we've all created together in the LDA to give you the support that you need to really implement, implement this and make sure that it happens over the 12 months that we have together. So if you'd like to join me for this uh, very special adventure into a new way or multiple ways of, of living and being and making sure that you're actually enjoying the experience as you go. Right? This is not just about deferring your gratification until you're finally a rich man. This is about, okay, how do you have a rich life day by day? 
That is, yes, of course, working to build something to become wealthier, to become better connected, to, be, to have a, an excellent social retirement. But at the same time, meaning that you are drawing the juice and, and being present enough to enjoy your life as it goes day by day. So if you'd like to join me, eight-week accelerator program plus 10 months of follow-up support plus two weeks of live movement classes with me where I teach you how to stretch and do qigong and feel awesome in your body, plus a huge suite of bonuses which include dozens and dozens of hours of unreleased material including, including all of the, my Muscular Mastermind speeches, all of my 21 convention speeches and a whole bunch of other cool bonuses which you can check out below. This is your last chance for the year to work with me uh, personally, unless you come to one of our workshops, which hopefully we'll be able to run. Stay tuned for more info on those. And, um, and so on. And that's about it for me today. And I gotta say, Budapest, your days are numbered. This place sucks. I'm gonna hit the road again to where the sun is shining and the girls are wearing less masks and less clothing. This has been James Marshall reporting for The Natural Lifestyles. For all those of you who are awesome enough and smart enough to join me for the LDA, I'll see you on the first day of the lecture in about a week's time. And for the rest of you, the rest of you lot, see you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.